0: You're listening to a sermon podcast from Lawson Heights Alliance Church. May God bless you as you listen. Over the last month, we've been in a bit of a series called Don't Fight Your Future. Starting with Palm Sunday and Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, we've looked at how Jesus saw you in his future. And he prepared everything about you and everything about what he did to make room for you in his future. Think about it, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he knows who he created you to be and what he created you to be for. Jesus knew what you would look like when you joined his parade, when you surrendered your life and entered into his kingdom, declaring him Lord. And he knew then what your future would be like when he got a hold of your life. But as we've learned, sometimes we fight our future, and sometimes we're probably a little bit more interested in the future that we have in our minds for ourselves than maybe the future that God is interested in unfolding for us, the future. It can be an elusive thing, can't it? Whether you're religious or not, everyone is curious about it. Some people will consult horoscopes, some will consult palm readers and mediums to try to discover it. But more people, religious or not, whether they realize it or not, I think often find themselves asking God about their future. See if any of these ring a bell for you. Lord, what do I do next? Lord, if you would just give me a sign, could you open a door for me so that I know I should go through it? Lord, what's your will for my life? Well, as we follow Jesus today, we go to a passage of Scripture in the Gospel of John where after three and a half years together with his disciples, Jesus tells them that he's leaving them. They're going to have to go the rest of the way on their own. But of course, they don't understand this. Peter asks, where are you going, Lord? Thomas says, what are we going to do? We don't know the way that you're going, Lord. They were worried about their future so turn with me in your bibles to john chapter 14 we're going to begin reading in verse 1 john 14 verses 1 to 7 if you have sermon notes encourage you to use them to follow along with us all right you ready jesus says to his guys listen do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me My father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, if you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. What these guys are asking is, Lord, how do we follow you into the future when you're not here? Seems like a big problem, doesn't it? You haven't told us the way, he said. Have you ever had that conversation with God yourself? We've we've come to understand that as knowing God's will for my life. And it's a lot more elusive than we'd like to admit. But there's a few things that I'd like us to understand this morning about what Jesus says we are to do to follow him into that future so that his will becomes clearer. Okay? There's two things this morning. Number one is this. God's will is more about Jesus being Lord than what you should do next. Did you hear that? God's will is more about Jesus being Lord than what you should do next. Verse four, uh, Chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, let me reread it again. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in your pew, and if you don't own a Bible, please feel free to take one of those home. We'd be glad that you did. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, if that were not so, Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Let's be honest. We've all asked those God's will for my life questions like, what should I do next? God, give me an open door. Give me a sign so that I know what my future should do. And I know they seem like important questions, especially if they emerge out of troubling situations. But God's will for your life is a lot more than the job that you do about who you should marry or date or about where you should go in your life or the problems that need fixing. In fact, before you can even settle God's will for your life, you have to settle one more most important question. This question tops all the other questions. You ready for it? Is Jesus Lord of your life right now? Maybe ask yourself that question right now to yourself. Is Jesus Lord of my life right now? See, until you ask the most important question, all those other God's will for my life questions actually reveal more of a preoccupation with yourself than they do about God. I know this is going to sound harsh. It's not meant to be. But think this through. Usually, when I want to know God's will for my life, it's really about me. I'm not really that interested in his will. I'm really interested in, the, in how it's going to impact me. And that's natural. Because I have to live in this skin, right? And, and I don't know the future. And so I'm naturally going to be cautious about every step that I take. It's, it's my life on the line. My future. And the thought of letting someone else, even God, decide my future, that could be really hard to do. That's what Jesus' disciples had on their minds. Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? What are we going to do now without you? I don't know if you've reflected on this much, but the way we follow Jesus is often pretty self-centered. Don't be offended by me saying that. It's true of all of us. And God gets that about us. I mean, listen to what he says to these guys in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. But notice how he changes their focus. You believe in God, believe also in me, he says. He says this to his disciples, but I think Jesus is trying to say it to each of us even here in this room today. Listen, you want to know God's will for your life? Jesus says, it begins with me. That means that if you're wanting a glimpse into your future, listen to this. If it is in any way not about Jesus being Lord of your life, then you're probably not going to be happy with God's will for your life. If this afternoon you were to sit down and you were to take your Bible, that's why I said maybe take, your Bible, uh, take a Bible today if you don't have one, and you were to read it from cover to cover, and you highlighted every passage that talks about God's will for your life, do you know what you would find? Most of those passages, most of those parts are not at all about the choices we make. They're about God's faithfulness to accomplish His will in our lives. That's a big difference. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, some of these I heard even read today, for I know the plans I have for you, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, we like the prosper part, not to harm you, oh we like that. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We like those parts, but it doesn't begin like that. It begins with, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. If you are a follower of Jesus, then friend, your life is inseparably bound to the lordship of Jesus. It's the promise that you made when you accepted Jesus. If you only accepted Jesus as savior of your life and didn't declare him lord of your life, then you're only half committed. Is Jesus lord of my life right now? Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 25, let's find out. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me will save it. In other words, before all your everyday, ordinary sleeping, getting up, eating, working out, going to work, going to school, raising kids kind of life, just in general, all of life kind of stuff, Before all of that even begins, you must begin each and every day with an acknowledgement that Jesus is not only your Savior, but He's also your Lord, and that you will live the rest of your day like that, that you are on this planet involved in the life that He has given you to do His will. Friends, God's will, that mysterious unknown future, is dependent on you and I settling who we're living for. Jesus didn't didn't Jesus make that clear on many occasions before even this event here in John 14 with his disciples? Didn't he even show us by how he lived life, what life would look like when we were submitted to the Father? Because he was. John 6, 38 to 40, he describes it for us, his own part in this. He says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. That's the Father. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. That's wonderful. If that kind of priority was important to Jesus, and it was, then as one who follows him, that priority should be our priority. Does that make sense? To look to the Son first and foremost as my example of daily living of lordship to the Most High God. That's of utmost importance. So this is how it is. When you present all of that activity that you call your life, everything in your present, everything in your future, you give it all up to Him. That's called lordship living. The lordship, that lordship is what the Bible also calls Worship. See, worship isn't you coming to an event like going to church. Worship is my lifestyle. It's how I live. Worship is you trusting Jesus, the living, eternal Son of God, to be faithful to His own plan for you every day. Not just with your eternal life in heaven one day. So that means trusting Jesus for your future. It means trusting him to be faithful to his own plan for the people and for the people that are in your life network that you're connected to. Because think of the enormity and the complexity of all the details of all of our lives and all the lives of the people that we're connected to. Your family, your friends, your work, your school, your church, your world. Only God can orchestrate all the details of all those people. All those activities and all their histories. Only God can orchestrate all that to bring about his plan for your future. I don't know if you've tried to orchestrate the the affairs of the day and and people around you to try to bring bring about your plan. Sometimes it can be manipulative. Sometimes it can be an error. Sometimes it can go horribly wrong when I'm in charge. But thankfully God, right? God is Lord. John 14, 5-6, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus isn't just talking about getting to heaven here. Oftentimes, Christians put a lot of emphasis on getting to heaven, but there's a lot more involved in getting from, from the day you accepted Jesus to get you to heaven. He's meaning that if you want God's attention if you want to know God's will on anything, if you need anything from God at all, Jesus said, you have to come through me. You have to admit that I am your way to the Father, that I am your truth or your basis of reality, and that only I am your every source of life and fulfillment. That's what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, this is why God's will is far more about Jesus being Lord than about you and what you do next. So friends, today, God is saying to you, would you like to know my will for your life? Then first settle. First settle if you'll let me be Lord. There's a second thing that I've been learning about this whole living in the will of God thing, and it's this. I'm learning number two. Think of God's will as doing what Jesus did, not what God can do for me. Do you hear that? Think about God's will as doing what Jesus did, not what God can do for me. Verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is a Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me, says it twice, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. The disciples thought that this was the end of their journey with Jesus. It had been three and a half years that they followed his way of living. And followed him into his future. And in all that time what Jesus was expecting. Jesus was expecting verse 10. Was that they would see that the father was living in him. Doing his work through him. That's what Jesus spent three and a half years doing with these guys. I can imagine Jesus reflecting back over the last few years, reflecting back on that day when it all began with Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, and and he just simply said, come. He's at, at at the seashore, the Sea of Galilee, and they're out there fishing, and he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the scriptures tell us that at once they left their nets, they left everything, and they followed him. Surprisingly, they didn't say... Could you just be a little bit more specific before we follow you? Where are you going exactly? And they didn't really know this guy. They'd heard about him, but who are you exactly? Before we follow you, we should have that figured out. They didn't say say that. They didn't have a clue. But there must have been something about Jesus, because they did. They just dropped everything, and they followed him. Some of us feel like we need more time before we'll actually follow him into things he's calling us to do. You don't. Just follow. Friends, I didn't have a clue that I would ever be a preacher. Never. I didn't even like public speaking in school. Most of you know my story. Until I was 17 years of age, my family didn't do the church thing ever. That was for religious people who needed a crutch. My family believed that we determined the course of our own lives. But one day, sitting in English class, some guy sat next to me from Ecuador, of all places. And we quickly became friends. And that connection eventually led me and introduced me to Jesus. And then, because nobody ever told me, I still spent years trying to figure out what Jesus wanted me to do with my life. I wanted to know His will. I wanted a plan. I wanted the specifics. And I was looking for open doors and throwing out fleeces, some good Christian things there. So let me save you 40 years of frustration by telling you what I've learned. I've learned that I can relieve a lot of stress in my life when it's enough for me to know that Jesus knows where He's going with my future. Where He's leading me. He's enough. He's the way. He's the truth. He's my life. And even in those early years of my faith, when I was still getting to know him, kind of like the disciples not knowing Jesus very well, I knew him well enough to confidently follow him anywhere he led me, even blindly sometimes. Did I flub up? Did I fail? Absolutely. But I tried to follow him as best as I could. And now I trust them thoroughly with everything. And this passage has already really been very helpful to me along the way. That God's will is about doing what Jesus did and not worrying about what God can do for me. Verse 12, very truly I tell you, that's I tell you the truth, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. What were the works that Jesus did? Well, like these guys, as they look back on the last three and a half years, as they look back, as you look back over the scriptures that you know, if you've read the Gospels, what is it you remember Jesus doing? Well, if you go back to the beginning of Jesus' ministry, after he calls his disciples, even before that, as soon as he was baptized, he comes out of the wilderness. And the Gospels tell us that Jesus remained dependent on the Holy Spirit. And that was called one of the works of Jesus. He remained dependent on the Holy Spirit. Then we see him proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. We see him making, reproducing disciples. Disciples who could make more disciples generation after generation. We see him ministering to and healing the sick and the oppressed. Now you might be thinking, but uh, I'm just a normal Christian. I can't do the works that Jesus did. Oh, yes, you can. Verse 12, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, whoever, you should underline, highlight, circle, dog ear that page, whoever believes in me, are you part of the whoever? Yes. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Because I am going to the Father is Jesus pointing to the arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. He promised to empower whoever believes with the same power he had, Holy Spirit, to do the works he did. God's will is discovered, friends, then, in doing God's work. And so we shouldn't delay. Proclaiming the kingdom of God, reproducing disciples, pray for and minister to the sick and the oppressed, all by remaining dependent on the Holy Spirit. Those are the primary works of Jesus. And you can do that he says you can so think of God's will first as doing what Jesus did wherever you go in any sphere of influence and part of your life network that you're in think of it first as doing what Jesus did not what God can do for you I mean really why would God want to give you insight into the future open doors for you if you aren't even willing to do what he's already told you you should be doing What if my kids, now my kids are all adults now, living out of home, uh, not not out of house and home, but they're living away from me anyway. They're adult children. And what would it be like if one Saturday morning, they're downstairs watching TV, playing video games, and I said to them, hey guys, if you clean your rooms, if you vacuum the living room, and you pick up all the dog poop off the back lawn, we'll do something fun this afternoon but after i lay down those expectations they don't do the works that i told them to do instead they just spend the morning asking me well what kind of fun are you talking about what will we be doing where are we going can i bring some of my friends and what if maybe they protested a bit well if you don't tell us what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be going then why would we do any work for you oh I love my kids ferociously, but should I take them anywhere if they ask and do that kind of thing and don't do the work that I told them to do? If I give in to their self-centeredness and their whining, what kind of parent would I be? But that happens all the time between us and God, doesn't it? And we wonder why God seems so quiet and stingy with our future and His will. That's a bit of a hard truth to hear, isn't it? I know. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you've accepted his free gift of eternal life, and I hope you have today or before today, he is now your Savior and Lord, like he was for the disciples. And your job is not so much to find God's will for your life as it is to follow Jesus' way of doing things. Doing what Jesus did in each sphere of activity in your life network. And when you do what Jesus did, he will reveal to you step by step. This is the testimony of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of believers who've gone before you. Hundreds of thousands. Millions. That when you are doing the works that Jesus did, he will reveal to you step by step by step. His will for you in those areas, in that situation. but it will never be independent of him. Are you tracking with me on that? What does doing his works look like then? Well, it might actually be something little that he wants you to do, not big. I know we all want to do something big for God, but God might say, you see that over there? I'd like you to jump right in there and do the works that I would be doing if I was there. Go back to work this week and Go that extra mile for that demanding boss of yours. Go back in and apologize to your kids. You were just a little too hot-headed with them, a little too overbearing. Go back in and kiss your wife and apologize and tell her you'll try to remember to put the lid down next time. (laughs) Go encourage that guy over there in the food court. He looks real, real lonely right now. He could use me in his life. Stay calm in traffic, Mike. Go make that phone call that you've been avoiding. Call them right now. That family at your kids' school, they could use some help. They're hurting financially. And you've got money. Come on, forgive your dad already. It's been years for crying out loud. Get baptized already. Jesus says, I did. Write that note. Stop by the nursing home, visit your grandma, visit some of the other shut-ins there. Get out and prayer walk your neighborhood. Jesus prayed everywhere he went. Bring some cob cinnamon buns over to that neighbor who just lost his wife. Tell him Jesus loves him. Tell him that you're here for him. And you'll do something for him this week. Sign up for that ministry that keeps getting asked for For volunteers at church every week. See that person with a limp? Go over and pray for them. That they'll be released from their burden in my name. And watch my kingdom come. Friends, it's easy to do the work of Jesus. The work that Jesus did. If we declare him Lord of every day. And we humble ourselves to follow him wherever he leads. Even if it's awkward and hard. God speaks to us all the time, all day, every day. So let's just keep reading our Bibles and let's see the works that he did in the pages so that we can do likewise. It's that simple. Remember, he has empowered you with Holy Spirit to do all that he did, just like he did. Trust me, you have everything you need in him to do the works that he did. You don't have to be Superman or a super saint. You just have to be a Christian following Jesus. And that's why he promised in verses 13 and 14 that if you ask for anything in his name, he would do it. If you don't know Jesus as Lord, I'm going to encourage you after the service. We have a pew over there. We call it our prayer pew. It's just a place where people can do business with God. If you go there, one of us will come and meet with you and ask you for what your need is. And we'll pray with you and lift you up before God. And we'll help you to take that step. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, we'll help you walk through that. Trust me, we all know what it's like to take that first step. We're all familiar with a little conflict that's going on in your head right now with, should I go forward or shouldn't I go forward? Uh, Should I, shouldn't I? Yes, you know you should. He's Lord and He will not disappoint you. You might have family here. They'll wait for you. Maybe they'll come too. Don't worry about the restaurant reservations. Someone else will take your seat. Don't worry. They got that covered there. Come to this pew after and we'll talk. If you want to be baptized, sign up at the Welcome Center near the front entrance. This whole series has been about don't fight your future. And hopefully today you'll see that your future entails you doing the works that Jesus did by declaring him Lord. Remember, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what kind of life you've come from, he knows who he created you to be and what he created you for. He is Lord, and he wants you to declare that and live that every day of your life. Jesus knew at the cross what you would look like when you surrendered your life to him, to his will, and you declared him Lord. He knew what loving you would look like when you let go of your life. So declare him Lord. And let's get doing his work. Let's pray. Worship team, why don't you come on up? Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come and transform us into Christ-centered disciples who live by biblical values that we see in your word, who live the life that Jesus lived by the Holy Spirit. I thank you for everyone that's here today, Lord. No one's here by accident. You've chosen this day for just such a day as this. And Lord, as we are here in this room together, individually and corporately, we just want to submit ourselves to your lordship in our life. And we declare you, Lord, and we do so in this next song that we sing. And we rejoice in your goodness over us. Thank you that you are Lord, and I am not. In Jesus' name, amen.